Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Colts Coffee and Conversation. My name is Carl. And I'm Holly. I'd like, welcome to another exciting edition of Colts Coffee and Conversation. How are you, Holly? I'm doing fine, and how are you, Carl? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, we hope you guys are enjoying our new lineup here of the Moonies. How are you liking it so far? I'm okay with it, I guess. It's uh, also the Unification Church. Yes, it is the Unification Church, but we, everyone calls it the Moonies here in the States for the most part. Yeah, they do. A corporate maybe call them the unification church no the moonies We're you know what i'm finding moonies. out what are you finding out holly i'm finding out that although it is a cult or we haven't really have that conversation that's yet. right but it looking like it starting to form to a very nice one yes but you know i always thought it was more like the Hare krishna types ah Hare krishna Hare yeah krishna, like Hare a little Hare. bit of the asian you know kind of mystical. asian white fusion yeah but it's not sounds like really. a dish <laughs> like the Asian fusion salad, the Hira Krishna with a side of ranch. Ooh. Or uh, honey, uh, a lemon honey. A lemon honey with vinaigrette. Uh, yeah, with lemongrass. Mmm. Ooh, a lemongrass vinaigrette. <laughs> Very nice, Holly. Good job with some sprouts on top. Okay, but I mean, well, as we go along, we'll find out how conservative they really are. Where are well? The thing is, is that so far going through all this, there's no violence yet. I don't know if there is violence. I don't think there is either. But, but we, okay. what we might stumble across, and think you never know, because we're only in episode two. Right. We have to dig a little harder for the violence. We, we need the juice. The <laughs> juice. Hopefully, we will get one of those. Uh, well, you never know. Stories. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's probably something, but they're they're pretty as as of right now, they're a very tight knit group. So. Anyway, guys, we just want to say to all you cultonites out there, thank you for the support. Thank you for the uh, positive feedback. We've actually had nothing but positive feedback, so guess what? We'll take it. Thank you so much. And don't forget to give us those five stars. Don't forget to leave those five stars on any application that definitely has the podcast icon for the most part on all devices. If you have the iPhone, of course, it's the purple icon. It's easy. Just you know, give us five stars and leave a lovely note. We'll be more 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 grateful than normal. We are on Stitcher. We're on iHeartRadio. We are on pretty Spotify. much Spotify now. That's right. We are pretty much on everything that yes. you can possibly find. Mm, but I found um, found ourselves on things I didn't know we were on. Right. Yes. And thanks to some um, Coltonites out there who kind of said, "Hey, I'm having an issue at this one." We're like. What is that? I don't know if that existed or not, but that's okay. The more the merrier, right, Holly? Yes. All righty. So if you guys want to reach out to us, of course, we do have our Facebook fan page at Colts Coffee Conversation. And then, of course, we have our Instagram at Colts Coffee Convo. And then we have the Twitter machine at Colts Coffee Con One. That is Colts Coffee Con and the number one. And, of course, the good old faithful, the email address, the Colts Coffee Convo at gmail.com. But wait, there's more. Holly, take it away. Yes, you put your voice memo on your smartphone, leave us a message, record it, and pop it up on the little thing that says more. And you can send it off to cultscoffeeconvo at gmail.com. Beautiful. More, more, more. Okay. All right. Ready to get back into... Oh, wait. Before we get into our conversation about our cults, let's discuss our coffee. Holly, what are you drinking? Well, today it's very hot outside. It's been hot all week. We've had record temperatures in the 90s and mm. up over 100 degrees. Wow. So I'm having a cold cloud foam caramel macchiato. Ooh, that's fancy. More fancier than I'm drinking with just a nice hot vanilla latte. For some reason, I have just an issue, for the most part, drinking non... No, wait. An issue drinking 
coffee that is not just black, like a cold brew or something, just simple, just give me that, I'll take that cold. But when it's like in mixed in and kind of stuff, I'm not a fan for some weird reason. So anything like that, I will take it hot. All righty, are you ready to get into the moonies again? I am. Okay, here we are. So we're left off for now with the move to the United States. Okay, this one's going to be a, little, a nice little deep dive here. Okay, so in 1971, Moon uh, moved to the United States, which he had visited first in 1965. Now, he uh, remained a citizen of the Republic of Korea and maintained his residence in South Korea. Now, in 1974, Moon asked the church members of the United States to support President Richard Nixon during the Watergate scandal when Nixon was being pressured to resign from his office. The f- church members prayed and fasted in support of Nixon for the three days in front of the U.S. Capitol. Their motto that they were giving is forgive, love, and unite. Now, on April 1st, 1974, Nixon publicly thanked them for the support and officially received Moon. This brought the church to widespread public and media attention. Now, in the 1970s, Moon who was uh, seldom first spoken to uh, the general public, gave a series of public speeches to audiences in the United States, Japan, and South Korea. The largest were a rally in 1975 in North Korea aggression, uh, believe it or not, in uh, Seoul, uh, and the speech that uh, an event organization uh, by the Unification Church in Washington, D.C. Now, the Unification Church of the United States was met with widespread criticism, begging in the early 1970s. Now, the main point of the criticism uh, were the church's unorthodox theology. Now, especially the belief that Moon is the second coming of Christ, the church's political involvement, and the extreme lifestyle of most members, which involved a full-time dedication to the church activities, often to neglect of the family, school, and career. That sounds like oodles of fun. Now, during the time of hundreds of parents of members used the services of deprogrammers to remove their children from the church membership and the activities of the church were widely reported in the media. Now, most often in a negative light. Now, in the 1975, Stephen Hassan left the church and later became an outspoken critic. He is in the author of two books uh, on his experiences and his theories concerning the cults and mind control. In 1976, President Neil Albert Salonen met with Senator Bob Dole to defend the Unification Church against charges made by its critics, including parents of some members. But in 1977, Church member Jonathan Wells, who later became well-known as the author of the popular intelligent design book of Icons of Evolution, defending the Unification Church against what he said were unfair criticisms of the National Council of Churches. Uh, The same year, Frederick Sontag, a professor of philosophy at Pomona College and a minister of the United Church of Christ, uh, published uh, Some Young Moon and the Unification Church, uh, which gave an overview of the church and urged Christians to take it more seriously. Now, in an interview with UPI, Sontag compared the Unification Church to the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and said that he expected his practices to confirm more to a mainstream American society as its members become more mature. He also added that he did not want to be considered an apologist for the church, but a close look at its theology. It is important, saying, quote, they raised some incredibly interesting issues. Now, in 1978 and in 79, the church support of the North Korea government was investigated by a congressional committee led by Democrat Representative Donald M. Frazier of Minnesota. 
1982, the United States Supreme Court struck down a Minnesota law which had imposed registration and reporting requirements on those religions that received more than half of their contributions from non-members as being contrary to the First Amendment of the United States Constitution, uh, protection of religion freedom, and prohibition of the state's establishment of religion. The law was seen as especially targeting the Unification Church. Okay, hey, Carl, so a couple of points that I'd like to bring out. Please. So as far as, you know, this one person, Mr. Sontag, Mm -hmm. that said that this was sort of like the Unification Church and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Yes. That's what we know as the Mormon Church. Yes. Mm -hmm. Now, the Mormon Church is, you know, came out in the West. Yes. And, you know, it took them several decades and century about to come into what we would consider a mainstream Mainstream, religion. Uh And in society, they uh, integrated. Yes, they did. Okay, so that's Mm -hmm. what he's trying to say, that this unification church, as it matures and gets into our society, it would be similar to something of that nature. Right, that is correct. Okay. And the other thing was, now, according to this investigation about the funding, Right. Is unification. Yes. So basically what what happened is the Korean, the South Korean government was supporting over half of its donations. Yeah. Or not donations, but yeah, they were given a money. Foreign power. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So a foreign power is giving nonprofit money. Right. Okay. And so there's laws protecting all parties as far as that cons- is concerned that these are non-members government people who are contributing to a non-profit so it doesn't really fit under that category right well cuz it's an, and it's an <laughs> the the p- pure uh thing of an outside resource exactly yes yeah and then of course you know it's could interfere with of course because mr moon's hanging out with the president yeah and of course and a lot of congress the law was seen as especially targeting the unification church yes because how many other nonprofits that at that time maybe there were a lot well, i don't know had this kind of uh money coming in from us from an outside foreign source and it's a lot of money let's talk about the tax fraud charges yes let's talk about that so on october 15th 1981, Moon was indicted by a federal grand jury and charged with three counts of willfully filing false federal income tax returns for the years of 1973, 74, and 75, and one count of conspiracy to file false income tax returns to obstruct justice, to make false statements to government officials, and to make false statements to a grand jury. The prosecutors charged that Moon failed to declare as income and pay taxes on $112,000 in earned interest in a Chase Manhattan bank account and on the receipt of $50,000 of corporate stock. The essence of the prosecution's case was that both the money and stock were his personal property. The defense maintained that these were rather being held on behalf of the church, Moon transferred the bulk of the Chase account funds to the fledgling church upon its incorporation. He did not declare this transfer as a deduction on his tax income. I'm, I'm sorry, on his income tax. So basically, if that that were true, mm. which he did do that, mm-hmm. um, he should have claimed that as a donation to the church. And that's what all uh, Americans do. They donate. Right. They, char- they put it on their income tax to make... 
you know, this is a paper trail of where this money of is. Of course. Going. It's a lot of money, though. Oh, that's fine. I mean, but he didn't do the right thing. No, he didn't. So, obviously, in the process of finding this all out, they have many other charges on him, okay, like lying to the government. So, it says, he holding church funds in a minister's name is fairly common, particularly in small churches and some church-related or other organizations. So, it's, it's a common practice, but because he... I guess, uh, had these other things like trying to obstruct justice, making false statements to government officials. So there was a, a lot more to it than just, oh, I didn't know how to fill out the paperwork. Oopsie. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In 1982, he was convicted on all counts, and the convictions were upheld on appeal. Mm. In 1984 and 1985, while he was serving his sentence in Federal Correction Institution, Danbury, Connecticut, American Unification Church members launched a public relations campaign claiming that the charges against him were unjust and politically motivated. Booklets, letters, videotapes were mailed to approximately 300,000 Christian leaders. Many signed petitions protesting the government's case. Among the American Christian leaders who spoke out in defense of Moon were conservative Jerry Falwell, head of the Moral Majority, and liberal Joseph Lowry, head of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. Michael Torrey, a professor at Marist College in Poughkeepsie, New York, suggested that Moon's conviction helped the Unification Church gain more acceptance in mainstream American society since it showed that he was financially accountable to the government and the public. Moon was given an 18-month sentence and a $15,000 fine. He served 13 months of the sentence at the Federal Correction Institution, Danbury, and because of good behavior, was released to a halfway house before returning home. While serving his sentence, he worked in the prison kitchen. Ed Farmer, a fellow inmate, said, The Reverend Moon has a very good sense of humor. It's hard for me to think of a person as being mean or brainwashing people with the sense of humor he has. He truly loves people. I mean, he likes being with them. He likes being kidded. He likes being teased. I never saw a mean act on his part. He never asked for special treatment. He mopped floors and cleaned tables, and he helped other people when he was finished with his job. Ah, very nice, very nice. So, all right, so it looks like he ended up going to jail. Beautiful. Uh, okay, now well, let's... let's talk about one thing. Sure. This behavior inside the prison institution. Ah, of course. I mean, he was just like a wonderful person. Oh, yeah. And yeah. why do you think that? Because he had no power. Yeah, I would like to see him get teased by one of his parishioners. No, or one of his uh, subordinates or his Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because he was the Holy Father, not the Holy Father, the, the true second, Father. The true Father, yeah. And the second coming, the second of, coming Christ. of Christ. You yeah. wouldn't be kidding that. Yeah, of course, no. Of course not. Come <laughs> <Okay>. on now. <laughs> Jeez. Okay, so let's talk about uh, the Washington Times. Now, this is something that I was not aware of, uh, but it's very interesting. Okay. Um, now, 1982, the Washington Times, okay, was founded by News World Communications, an international media conglomerate associated with Moon, who also owned newspapers in South Korea, Japan, 
and South America, as well as news agency United Press International. Now, the political views of this Washington Times have often been described as conservative. Now, the Times was read by many Washington, D.C. insiders, including Ronald Reagan. 2002, Moon has invested roughly $1.7 billion to support the Times, which is called an instrument of spreading the truth about God and the world. So we're going to get into this a little bit and his ties with the Washington Times because he not only is a partial owner, he's also, you could call an influencer, wouldn't you say, Holly? Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah, so in a speech in the 20th anniversary of the founding of the Washington Times, Moon explained his motivation behind establishing the paper, saying, quote, I founded the Washington Times as an expression of my love for America and to fulfill the will of God who seeks to establish America in his province, in context of God's will, there needed to be a newspaper that had the philosophical and ideological foundation to encourage and enlighten the people, leaders of America. Hmm. Now, also Moon's analysis, there was an important role for the paper in bolstering support for the continuance of the Cold War against Russia. Now, we did discuss about how he felt that the parallel the, the in, in between North and South Korea yes. was the, was it the, the battleground? Yes. Between God the, and the devil? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, just want to make sure we clarify that. Now, the Washington Times editorials and columns supported the Strategic Defense Initiative, SDI, that at the time when many were trying to block his critic development. Now, uh, also, he says, go, going forward, I do not have the slightest doubt that God used the Washington Times to help bring an end to the most pernicious worldwide dictatorship in history and gave freedom to tens of millions of people. With the collapse of the USSR, Moon's support for anti-communist campaigns shifted to Central America. In the 1980s, the Contras in Nicaragua, El Salvador, and countries were fighting for their lives against the communist Sandinistas, who were seeking to seize control in their countries, slaughtering thousands of people. While other media failed to recognize the seriousness of the situation, the Washington Times emphasized through its stories and columns the dangers of communism and the expansion in the hemisphere and why the freedom fighters should be supported. Once again, the Times News and information helped the leaders in Washington stay strong in their support for the Contras, he said. This is all uh, Reverend Moon's thoughts. Mm. During the 1990s, with opportunities for anti-communist campaigns fading, Moon shifted focus to the cultural war, which is the fight against the degradation of values. In April 1990, Moon visited the Soviet Union and met with President Mikhail Gorbachev. Moon expressed support for the political and economic transformations underway in the Soviet Union. At the same time, the movement was expanding into formerly communist nations. Okay, now let's talk about a little bit more about the insider insider stuff and regarding the Washington Times. Now, while the editors of the Washington Times argued that the owners of the paper have no role in setting uh, editorial policy, Moon made it clear that he plays a critical role in the priorities of the publication. On the 10th anniversary of the celebration for the Times, he uh, defined another mission for the media. This is the need for the media to promote ethics and moral values in our society, 
for its second 10 years. Now, he envisions for the Washington Times the task of contributing to bringing about the about a moral society. Now, because of a peaceful world is only possible based on the existence of peaceful, ideal families. The Times became a newspaper that helped people understand the importance of a strong moral family values. Okay, so this is mostly what he is saying. Yes, this is all him. This is yes. everything is mm -hmm. him. And this is is what he does. Now, in the third decade, Moon uh, had new priorities for the title, which is uh, this is the time to emphasize the support faith, time to em emphasize on the support of spiritual values and are based on faith of each individual's, end quote. Also, quoting, while the media can provide all facts, they also have a responsibility to provide the values to prevent confusion and provide leadership and direction. Especially today, when the entire world is flooded with news and information, the Washington Times and its affiliate media properties are taking a leading role in this regard. Hmm, End sound quote. familiar. End quote. <laughs> Now, of course, uh, going back a little bit, in 1994, the New York Times recognized the movement of, uh, movement's political influence, saying it was, quote, a theoretic powerhouse uh, that is pouring foreign fortunes into conservative causes in the United States. Uh, in 1998, the Egyptian newspaper Al-Haram criticized Moon's ultra-right leanings and suggested a personal relationship with conservative Israel Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. Now, and also in 1995, the former President George H.W. Bush and his wife Barbara spoke at the FFWP event in Tokyo, at the Tokyo Dome, quoting, If as president I could have done one thing to have helped the country more, Mr. Bush told the gathering, it would have been to do a better job in finding a way, either through speaking, through raising a moral standard, to strengthen the American family. Hak Jahan, the main speaker, credited her husband with bringing out communism's decline and declare that he must save America from, quote, the destruction of the family and moral decay. All of this is kind of giving me the idea that a Reverend Moon, right. he believes that he's going to save America. Through his newspapers. Well, no, it's through well, everything. That's partial, yeah. Yeah, this is a media that he has. He has more than that, and he has a lot of money. Oh, of course. He's influencing government officials. But, you know, even though it, it does look kind of bad, right? this happens all the time. <laughs> Especially right now. <laughs> right. I mean, in the conservative, in the liberal view, it, it's, it's part of our society and our freedom. It is the game that we play, yes. Yes, it is. Okay. In 2000, Moon founded the World Association of Non-Governmental Organizations, Wango, <laughs> which describes itself as a global organization whose mission is to serve its member organizations, strengthen and encourage the non-governmental sector as a whole, increase public understanding of the non-governmental community, and provide the mechanism and support needed for NGOs to connect, partner, and multiply their contributions to solve humanity's basic problems. That was an unquote there. However, it has been criticized for promoting conservatism in contrast to some of the ideals of the United Nations. So hmm. in, this, in this right here, I see some kind of, um, in, the, in the source that we got, a, a slant, okay? Right. Because, you know, there's people that disagree with the United Nations and how they view what should happen. Right. And vice versa. 
Yeah. So, you know, we have other non-governmental organizations, uh, sort of like the Bill Gates Foundation, uh, all kinds of things you right. know, that go along. Right. And they have their goals yeah. and their mission statements. This was that same kind of thing. It's kind of, it's just kind of hard to understand and wrap your head around that. Corporate religion. Yes. <laughs> and in 2003, Korean FFWPU members started a political party in South Korea. It was named the Party for God, Peace, and Unification, and Home. Can you imagine having something like that in America? Mm. In an inauguration declaration, the new party said it would focus on preparing for the reunification of South and North Korea by educating the public about God and peace. A church official said that similar political parties would be started in Japan and the United States. Now, obviously in Korea, I don't know how that's set up, but here we don't really have, we have parties and there are people of different religious persuasions in each party. Right. And maybe one weighted more on the other than, than the other. Right. But um, this is in Korea, so they were able to not have that separated church and state kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, there's no So that there. it's just a different setup, so, I, yeah. I guess. You right. Know? But I do want to mention that Reverend Moon evidently had a push to reunite North and South Korea. Yeah, that is correct. He won a few. Uh, they gave him like one of their highest prestigious yeah, awards. in North Korea. In North Korea by, South Korea by the king of North Korea, which okay. I found very strange. Well, who knows? That's maybe one of the titles. Maybe. But it wasn't the present uh, guy. Uh, more like girl now. No. Well, yeah, just as of this date. Yes, that's correct. <coughs> Kim Jong-un yes. gave it to him. It was his, No, it was his father. Oh, Kim Jong-il. Yes. Ah. I'm glad you know those names. Thank you. <laughs> I try to pay attention. <laughs> okay. Well, that's it for now on all this. So he's got a lot of influences. Very, 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 very concerning as far as his reach and the politics. I think that's what we're building on. Our yes. foundation is just, I know it's kind of a lot of facts and figures and a lot of stuff, but it's its just trying to give you a, a little bit of the grasp of the enormity. I mean, just for the Washington Times, 1.7 billion, billion yeah. for one newspaper didn't count all the other holdings and land and all these things. And Not including that beautiful motel, uh, hotel in, in New York, the New Yorker. Okay. But I'm just saying there's a massive amount of holdings Tons. internationally. Yes. Okay. And all the influence, and they're very much into an influencing government. And I do think that... That is a common thing, although we get alarmed when we find out about it. Right. But to say that there aren't special, what do they call them? Not special groups, but... Um, Not special interest groups. Yeah, special interest groups. Oh, cool. Yeah. Hey. I mean, it's, it could be... <laughs> Coffee's working. Yes. We could be, it could be Christian, it could be... Catholic, it could, it could be, be Buddhist, yeah, it yeah, could be it anything. It could be any kind, or just a straight-on secular subject. Yeah, you or know, just like straight-edge in general. Like the insurance or the medical or whatever, the pharmacies. This is kind of how it runs, even though we would wish it wouldn't sometimes. Right. So that's kind of where we're going with this. Yes. And we do have a few that I would say a little bit more to talk about in uh, on the Unification Church. Yes, uh, we're pretty much already coming to that that end of with these guys, I think. Maybe one more episode? Oh, maybe. We'll see. Oh, wait. No. We want to get some No, there's the that. No, there is some juice. Some juice. Okay. Well, I can't wait. 
Alrighty, well on that note, thanks again to all you Coltonites out there for our support. We do appreciate it. We love you, we love you, we love you. And on that note, good night, Holly. Good night, Carl. <laughs> <laughs>